This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, family. Today is tax day, and we're going to talk about money. First, I want to say thank you to Jaquette Timmons, who has joined our Hub family. She's doing a podcast called More Than Money by Jaquette Timmons. Uh, and it is one of the most simple, smart, saving, investing, just a really, really, really dope podcast. So check her out in the hub.news and click on Jaquette Timmons, More Than Money. Um, so today, I'm a little pissed off. I owe the IRS. The new tax codes are horrific. A lot of people are angry, disgruntled. Some of you filed your taxes a long time ago expecting mm -hmm. a big refund, didn't get a big refund. Some of you, like me, owing money that you didn't think you would owe. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I'm pissed off because I didn't have to owe money. So I'm going to talk to my financial coach. We've talked before. I haven't talked to you in a while. She's been on before, but I thought it would be poignant to bring you on today to talk about ways in which people can save themselves a hefty tax bill next year, because now is the time you prepare for next year. So let me welcome to the show. You've probably heard on the Godfrey Complex, Tramel from the Godfrey Complex. Welcome. Hi. Hey. All right. So you're also coaching people besides me. Yes, I am um, coaching And I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess it's, it's <laughs> uh, you know, you want to be selfish. You know, you don't want everybody to get all of this knowledge, but actually that's not true. That's what we do here. So how's that going? I mean, that's going really well, uh, better than I ever imagined, because while I, I know this stuff and I've, I've put in the time and the research for my for myself, I never imagined that I would extend that outward. You just don't realize how much, you know, what you have to offer is huge for other people. So that's been probably the blessing in it all. I had someone yesterday that I consulted with, and uh, she's a school teacher, a good friend, and uh, I've often spoken to her about money, but for some reason she just never acted on anything. And so it was interesting to learn that while I was feeding her the information and giving her books, because I'd given her several books, you know, and she never felt comfortable saying that the books were over her head, that there were key things that she didn't understand. And so I'm just, if you could put this into perspective, she allowed 10 years to go by with having never invested. She's a, a tremendous saver. So I want to say that that's half the battle because she's a great saver. But saving will not put you comfortably into retirement for two reasons. Inflation will erode what which you have the buying power, and number two, it will not produce enough passive income for it to supplement your income, which should be the goal. So that's where she was. She was literally stuck with information that she couldn't act on because one, and this was something that I didn't know either, is that she was not very comfortable using the computer. I had no idea. I had no idea that that intimidated her. And so it was great because once she sat with me one-on-one, -on -one, she totally relaxed. I was there to literally take the keyboard, walk her through the process step-by-step, step, and I could just see the light bulb coming on for her. And she was excited. She's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, 
how come you didn't do this sooner? I know I told you about that. And um, I had also told her, I said, make sure you bring all of my books because you have all of them. I, I wanted to give someone else one of my books. And I'm like, hey, I lent that out. So she brought that book back and a few others. And um, we just had a three hours that was intense. I think we were both sweating at the end of it. She was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, wait, wait, so I have to do this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, how much? And so we just went through everything from top to bottom. We established her retirement account. We figured out what her numbers were because it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm going to save this much money. I said to her, why are you saving that much money? So she had a huge amount of money in her savings account just sitting there. And I said, well, how much do you need? Earning what? Um, it was actually earning decent online interest, but that's not where you want your money. Right. Because not the bulk the, of it. Yeah, that there's no chance for exponential growth the way you have when you're invested. Uh, but I explained to her the difference in why you have the emergency fund. I explained to her what a savings account really should be for. So my thinking is that you have an emergency fund. You know, this is really break the glass type of money. So I always say that the savings account that sits with your checking account at your local bank, that is money that should equal one month's salary. No more than two paychecks. That's what you should keep in there. And that's the money that you use if you overspend. That's the money you use if you get a parking ticket. That's the money you lend to cousin Joe or whoever else. So we established the purpose, the real purpose of these accounts. The emergency fund should sit in an online savings account earning as much interest as possible, but it's the amount that that is is usually great. It's usually six months to a year of what you would need to survive if you lost your job. Bare minimum. Bare minimum. This is the money that will pay your mortgage or rent. This is the money that will keep your lights on, feed you, give you transportation, and allow you to survive comfortably and if you happen to lose your job. Let me put an aside to that. I just had a buddy of mine call me and said that an acquaintance of hers asked to borrow money, mm -hmm. right? And she said, we're not close friends, um, but I'm building my own you know, fin financial foundation and I didn't have it to spare. So I had to tell her no. Mm -hmm. So um, she calls back a couple of months later and she says, I'm really desperate. My car payment is due. And she said, well, that's where she messed up because if you didn't downsize, she said, I don't want to be funny, but if you have a car payment that's due, that's telling me that I'm too good to take a bus because if you really are in a financial situation, you have to start to strip down the things in your life. You know, she had a luxury car and she said, my lending her that money, there was no solution for next month. Right. So I'm just going to pour my money, my, my hard-earned money that I'm using to build my fi financial foundation to lend somebody to pay this month of a car payment that if you really are about this life, you've gotten rid of that car. Right. And I just, you know, so I just want to put that to the side for well, a second if because if you really are in financial right. straits, you start to triage. Yeah. Just like your body gets rid of your fingers and toes when you're frostbitten <laughs> to protect the organs. You got to get rid of that car and start taking the bus or find different means of getting to work because that car is a burden. But I just wanted to put that on to the I side. No, but you know what? That is important because the truth is if you look at that situation, chances are you're not getting your money back. Because if you can't come out of the hole to pay the car payment yourself, chances are you're not going to be able to come out the hole to the point where you can pay back the person and meet next month's 
you know, nothing has right. changed in that nothing. situation. Right. 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 Then so, that was what she asked. What's your plan for next month? Right. You know, and if right. there's no plan for next month, there's never going to be a plan for me. And I don't have back. it to give. So I have to say no. But that, and I had to applaud her for saying no, because many of us find ourselves in situations where we're uncomfortable telling people no, mm-hmm. even because because we'll say, well, I, I kind of have it. Like right. if you do the work that you're talking about, I kind of have it, but you don't have it. You have it for your own financial foundation. Right, right. You don't have it to pour into somebody else's right. uh, bad habits or mishaps, and you're never going to see that money again. So now you're also ruining the friendship. Mm-hmm. You're, you're putting yourself in a hole. That mm-hmm. person is not going to be able to pay you back because it's just a temporary fix. Right. And if there's no plan for them for the next three to six months after you give them money for their car payment, then what, what are we doing exactly? You know, no, you, let's, let's eradicate it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But t- tell me more about um, this woman that you helped yesterday. Okay. So, yeah, the excitement was big for her. And you know what, what I'm most happy about? She already scheduled another appointment with me. She said she'll be back in two weeks because there was information that she didn't have that for some things that she needed to do. She needed to roll. She had two accounts that were old 401ks that she had just left, and she wanted me to go through the rollover process with her, just be there with her as support, which is, you know, what I do. Half the battle, right, too. And um, whatever it takes for you to get to the other side of the good side on finances. I think it's really interesting how, you know, some of us are too afraid to to admit that we don't know things. And I think that, that is the, the biggest impediment to growth is the, the, the thought that you know, it, you, you should know these things, so then you're embarrassed to let people know that you don't know. But here's the truth. We don't know a whole lot of things. Yeah. And even the simplest thing, you know, um, yes, you can Google search, but to know something is to be confident in, in the knowledge of it and be able to apply it like you said. Right. That those books that you gave her, um, she was probably too embarrassed to say she can read. Of course. You know what I'm saying? She's a She's school, school teacher, teacher right? Yes. She's brilliant. But but there's certain things that you have to be trained in to be confident enough to apply these things. And the fear that we have in the things that we don't know, we don't want to make mistakes, and you don't want to try something that you haven't tried before because, again, you don't want to make a mistake. And then you don't want to go back and say, well, I don't really understand this. So I'm like, I want to applaud her, too, for admitting that, even though it took 10 years. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took 10 years. I'm not sure what put her over the top to come sit with me. but I Probably was, age. Yeah. You know, as you get older, you mm-hmm. move closer to, um, I just talked to somebody about this yesterday, too. Um, the older you get, the more your mortality is in front of you. And the more you realize, A, I don't have that many more years to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a finite amount of energy you're going to have to get up every day and do what you do. And go to work. Right. Uh, and number two, I'm closer to that retirement age than I am to 20. Absolutely. So if I, you know, and number three, I look at my account. If I want to retire, maybe my number is a million dollars. Her or number point. was not her number was not there. Okay, so she's just blindly saving. Blindly saving. So how do you find your number? Let's get back to that for a second. It it, it varies from person to person, and I I think that I've, I've said it before, but basically you have to really decide where you're going to live and how you're going to live when you are no longer working and decide what you're going to need to take care of yourself on a monthly basis, right? You multiply that month by 12, and then you multiply whatever you get from that 12 by how many years you think 25. you're going to be living? 25 yeah. is the number, but less. 25, yeah, 25. People are living longer and longer. People even are if living, living longer and less longer. Healthy. But if you can get to 25, 
the so-called 4% rule goes into effect. Okay. And that means that you can safely withdraw 4% four, 4% of your nut of money every month and Cover survive your expenses. for 25 plus years. Okay. All right. So, once the one of the first things you did for her um and again, it's tax day, so we're going to talk about money and ways we can save uh, our tax debt. But what was one of the first things you set up for her? She had no retirement account. That was a problem. Zero. She had zero. She had a 401k previously, but the last time so she, she had, had two that she wanted had she to had roll over. Two. Her. She we were only able to to you know look into one, but she still didn't have all of the paperwork she needed. So that was the first thing she needed those numbers. Uh, so to not have any retirement and not save for retirement because your job is not offering one, it's horrible. You shouldn't do that. It's the only time you get to save money and have that money grow without having to pay taxes on it. You know, that's the whole point. And so if you're fortunate enough to have an, a 401k, God bless you because that's $19,000 that you're able to put away without penalty. It also lowers your freaking tax, tax, tax rate, you know. It completely lowers it by dollar for dollar, basically, you know, $20,000. And um, and if you're not maxing out your 401k. If you're not maxing out your 401k, and your company that, matches. Needs to, that needs to be a goal. At least get enough for, at least do enough to get the company match. At, at least. least. At least do that. If they match you at 4%, do the 4%. If they match you at 6 do the 6%. But you really want to get to the full max. You want to max that thing out. And, of course, it takes time. It may take years for you to get there, but you really want to start doing that as soon as possible, a little bit more. You raise it every year. You 1% know? every 1%, year. 1%, 2% if you really want to do it. And I think that the worst thing we can do is start at the 6%. I think as soon as you get a job that offers a 401k, suck it up and put 15% on the line. <gasps> I know. And you know what? I did that. I literally, I, I, I So your check was tiny. <laughs> It wasn't that tiny. Man, Cut I'm it working out. these 40 hours a week, and I'm getting $300. But I have yeah. to tell you, you don't feel it because, again, your tax burden goes down, and so it's not nearly as much as you would think it is. I didn't feel it, I promise, and you won't feel it if you do it. You you mm -hmm. won't. You won't. Okay. I, I, pr I practice what I preach. So, so you set up, helped her set up an IRA? I helped her set up an IRA. She decided that she wants to go with the traditional IRA, but what she plans to do is roll over what she has in old 401ks into a Roth IRA. What's the difference? Uh, okay, so they're the biggest difference, and I'm going to say it probably the most easy way to explain it is that with the traditional IRA, you get your tax benefits up front. With the Roth IRA, you get it later when it's time to take the money out. And, and that's the simplest way I can put it. So if you open up a traditional IRA come tax time, you've maxed it out with the sixteen with the six thousand dollars, excuse me, that's what you're gonna get on your taxes. You'll get a, a six thousand dollar reduction on your taxable income. For the Roth IRA, when you go to pull it out when you retire, you won't pay taxes. You okay, see that? Got you. So got you. back front. All end. right. So last year, um, you suggested that I open an IRA. It was actually it was two years ago, and I did. A 401k. Right. See, and I'm confused already. Mm -hmm. All right. So when I sat with my accountant, 
He said that I made too much money, that I couldn't put the money in because I was I wanted the dollar for dollar. Well, you wanted to open up a Roth IRA. And unfortunately, if you want to open up an I a Roth IRA, there's an income limit. If you're single, that income limit is $137,000. Once you make that amount, you're, you're no longer eligible for a Roth IRA. Uh, if you're married, that number is $203,000. Combined with your, Combined. And your spouse. You and okay. your spouse. If you make over $203,000, you don't qualify for a Roth IRA. I'm not going to get into backdoor conversions because that's something that you can do, but you know, that's, right. that's, that's a let's long keep it simple podcast. Now my eyes just glazed over and okay. I don't want your books anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're talking money. Um, so I got into this fight with my accountant because last year I paid, I had to pay mm -hmm. and I'm like, I need to cut my debt. And I was suggesting what you told me and he threw it, you know, out the window basically this year. I got my tax bill and I like custom out because I said, first of all, you told me my tax bill would be less because of the new, you know, codes and all this other stuff. It's more. Which is why you decided to wait. Because right. you said, so no, like, things are going to be better gonna next be better year. next year. And they're not. So then I was like, what is this about? And, and I said, well, what about this? And he said, oh, you, you should have done a 401k. So now I'm looking so for a new accountant because <laughs> I want to swing on him. No, for real. Because I'm like, well, I could have done this last year. He said, well, yeah, but you didn't want to be an employee. So I have a business, of course. And in order to get the IRA benefits, excuse me, the 401k benefits, I have to be an employee of my own company. But then he was trying to tell me it was going to well, be too expensive. This is what he tried. He talked me out of it. He said it's going to be too expensive to set it up, and then it's going to end up being a wash. So I didn't do it. Right. This year, he's like, oh, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not happy right now. No, and I understand. And so what it is is that you have to set up payroll for yourself. You have to receive a W-2. Right. From yourself. Right. You and, and paid all of the payroll things that go with it. But just for you. Right. Because you, in order to do this, you have to be a solo owner. You can't have other employees or you can't do it. Right. And so what I was saying to you back then is that even if it costs you $5,000 to set up, but you have the ability to save $56,000 as the owner of the company. And get that as a tax reduction? And an additional... $19,000 as the employee of the company. So that's $75,000. That's huge. So let me just be clear. I can't save $75,000 right now. <laughs> that's not in my, <laughs> it's not in my future right now, but I thank you for that because that's a goal. So mm -hmm. I could save up to $75,000 and write and have that as a write-off. Yes. And it's even, I believe that there's, there are even more little, you know, things that you can do to raise that number and take it even higher, you know, but you have to just do that yeah. one thing. You yeah, know? he was so discouraging and made me feel like um, if I did this, that it would cost me just as much. So don't, why bother? And now I'm getting a different story this time around. So let me just thank you for being right. But also, also there are ways in which we can reduce our tax, um, which, which I think a lot of people, you know, don't know about. Like your friend who right. is out there saving, great saver, but not doing these things that right. will help her down the line. Right. I mean, again, that's like 10 years of missing out on a $5,000 reduction in, in taxable income. That's 10 years of missing out on, on investment that would go untaxed because that's the thing. The interest that you make in your retirement accounts, the government can't come after. So an example is I have a brokerage account. It's not, it doesn't fall under any type of retirement. It's just straight money stocks in there. And uh, the interest and dividends that I make, I have to bring the earnings form to the accountant and that money is taxed. 
And so that's the difference, you know. When you're right. trying to grow your wealth, you want to avoid the taxes if you can and allow it to Listen, just grow and grow and grow. Wealthy people don't pay taxes. I just read a story that none of the major companies, Netflix, Amazon, not, none of them pay taxes this year. Well, there are reasons. Well, there I reasons, know, I know. You know we'll maybe get into that another. They employ a lot of people, yeah, and so but, there are benefits to that. Maybe, but billions of dollars. This, I know. This I'm government not saying has, it's all okay. right, but, you know. The, there are nuances there. The tax codes benefit the super wealthy. Absolutely. I'm not in that space, so Absolutely. apparently I'm not b benefiting. So the goal yeah. is to be super wealthy this year. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, this yeah. is crazy. Or uh, set up, uh, which I'm going to do as soon as um, soon as the tax season is over officially. Today is tax day. Um, I'm going to set up my a own. 401k. Yeah, I'm going to set up a 401k. First, got to make myself an employee of my own company. But, yes. you know, that was important. All right, give us something else, another tip. Um, I had a great tax year. Um, that was not without work. Previously, I'd been owing, and just for simple mistakes, things that I didn't realize, uh, the quarterly estimated taxes. Had not been paying those. Um, that's if you're self-employed? That's if, you, if, you have, if you're self-employed. But I'm also, you know, employed, and I have self-employed in income, so I do have an S-corp, and I have, you know, standard traditional W-2 income. So on the self-employed side, you have to pay estimated taxes. So I, in the past, I would remember to pay quarters one and two, forget three, and pay four, or you know maybe just forget the third and the fourth altogether. And I was accruing tax penalties. So if I can just tell you that all of it came back to haunt me, you know, as recently as last year, and it's not cool to get a bill from the IRS for $1,200 basically in late fees. And so from the years like 2004, 2007, back when, you know, just completely not aware of, of things that I should have been aware of. So today what I say to everyone is pay your estimated taxes. It's quarterly. It's usually on the 15th or 16th, depending on where that day falls. So, you know, you got to pay your taxes on 415, then you have to pay them again on 615, and then you have to pay them again October 15th and again in December. You pay those because when you don't, the fees just start adding up immediately, and then you get a tax penalty on top of the interest charges. So, that's something that you need to do. The next thing is filing an, an extension. I had to file a few extensions in the past but that accountant needed to go so when you file an extension what you need to know it's not an extension on the money that you owe you still have to pay those estimated taxes and you need to be 90 percent accurate with that estimation to not get in trouble to not have fees, okay? So if you file an extension, it's not an extension on when you need to pay. You still need to pay those estimated taxes. You have to do it. And um, so those were tough lessons that I learned, and yeah, that's what I wanna share that. Okay, and folks, if you wanna check out more of Tramel from the Gopi Complex, you can check her out, of course, on SiriusXM Urban View, but also um, Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Tramel MC. Tramel MC, and they can DM you if they want some financial help. Yes. All right. Thank you for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Appreciate you. And again, we are so committed to people being healthy, wealthy, and wise. Jaquette Timmons, J A C Q U E T T E. Timmons, like Simmons with a T. 
More Than Money, check out her podcast right here in the Hub. And you can go to thehub.news, click on podcast, look for Jaquette, check her out. And until next time, guys, happy tax day. I hope you had a better one than I did. <laughs>